Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. I want to welcome everyone to the show today, and I just wanted to share a little bit about this time of year. It is fall or autumn in the Northern Hemisphere, and I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year, and I think it has to do with the fact that the weather is cooling off, the leaves are changing. Even though I live in the West Coast in California now, and we don't have the seasonal changes like elsewhere, I grew up in the Midwest and I lived in the Pacific Northwest. So even though I don't get to see all the colors change, I still have it in my mind. I still remember it and it's still there with me. And it's also just a fun time of year. My family loves Halloween and the season of the mystery and spookiness and fun. And this is just a really fun time of year for me and my friends and my family. And I really enjoy it. And I also absolutely love all the fall leaves and all the activities that can be done with them, with all the colors and the shapes. And there's so much that can be done. And right now on my Instagram feed, I am just so happy. And it just brings me joy every time I look at it because there are all these beautiful feeds from homeschoolers that have these great activities with fall leaves, whether it's counting or sorting or crafts, whatever it might be. There's just these beautiful activities and I just love it. And of course, that inspired me and my with my youngest daughter to go and look for leaves and collect leaves and just look at them and compare the colors. And just a, the simple act of going out and collecting and being on the hunt for different kinds of leaves is just a fun annual activity that should should be done well into adulthood. It's not just a child's activity. And related to that, today I saw something at our homeschool campus, which is a location that we go to, and there are some classes for all ages of homeschoolers. And I witnessed something that was just really, really beautiful. And profound to me and I just really wanted to share it. Like I said, this is a homeschool campus. Parents bring their kids to engage in different kinds of classes, everything from core subjects to enrichment subjects. And this is a campus where the parents usually hang out and wait for their kids to be done with their classes. So parents hang out and they chat and they talk. And if there's younger siblings, which often there are, they usually are engaging the younger siblings, the babies or the toddlers or the preschoolers, in different activities, playing games on the lawn, um, going to the library across the street, whatever it might be. But there was a dad with his little toddler girl. I would say she was probably between two and three. And there was another little girl that was just observing. And she quickly joined the, the first little girl in play. And here's the thing that I absolutely loved. This dad was totally prepared with a tote. This was like a Rubbermaid tote. And he had the perfect preschool activity tote ever. It was filled with squirt bottles of water. It had little scrubby brushes like you would, you know, wash dishes with. It had some little sponge brushes. He had chalk. He had little tongs. He had um, obviously paper and crayons and markers and things like that. But he had little cups in different sizes. He had like a wash basin that he filled up with water 
And this was so fun to watch because there was no direction. There was no, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. This was total free organic play and learning at its best. Because first the girls were just using the water and basically with the paintbrushes, they were painting the water on the sidewalk, you know, making different pictures, whatever. And they were using the squirt bottles and they were doing the same thing. They were squirting the, you know, leaves on the trees. They were squirting the shrubs. They were squirting the ground, whatever they wanted to squirt. It's fun. And they were using their little scrub brushes and they were scrubbing where they had sprayed the water on the concrete. And at one point they wanted to play with chalk. And the dad got out the chalk and I'm not sure what was discussed, but next thing I know, the girls are laying on the ground and the dad was outlining them in chalk. And when they got up, he gave them the chalk and he said, you know, color your shirt purple or, you know, what color should we make your hair? And so basically they were, you know, coloring in on their their little outline of basically a little self-portrait, which was very cute, which again, these girls were like two. So that lasted all of maybe 10 minutes or so. And then they started squirting it and erasing it with their little scrub brushes. But again, this was all very free play. Like there was no direction. There was no instruction. This was just the girls having an absolute blast with simple simple resources and water and chalk. And there's, there was nothing expensive about it. Every, everything that they used could have been at, from the 99 cent store even or from their own kitchen. Like there was, wasn't anything fancy. There was no devices. There was no fancy toys at all. This was all very, very simple. And which was part of the beauty of it was that it was just proof that you don't need to have expensive things to homeschool your child. You don't need to have expensive resources or toys or tools. It can all be very simple things. And one of the, so one of the other things that I was watching as they were doing all of this was then they were collecting leaves. And they were collecting some leaves and they were uh, getting them in different little piles. And some other kids that I had watched also, there was so much that you can do with the leaves, like this crazy amount of learning that can be done. They were sorting the leaves by size. They were sorting the leaves by color. They were sorting the leaves by shape. They were counting the leaves. They were putting them in patterns. They were, it was all very, very simple, but very, very profound as far as what could all be done with simple fall leaves that had fallen on the ground. And it, and there was also some major skills, developmental skills going on because not only could they use their fingers, of course, to pick up the leaves, but then they had these little tongs or these little tweezers. They could be picking them up with those. They, the other thing that was something key about this is that this was all natural as far as there was no chairs, there was no tables, there was no stools, anything like that. These girls were on the ground, they were sitting on the ground, they were laying on the ground, they were, they were crouching, they were sitting, they were reaching, they were climbing. And while this doesn't seem like a big deal, I've been listening to another podcast recently 
called Move Your DNA with Katie Bowman. And I highly recommend listening to this. And this just puts something that you take for granted into a whole different perspective, which is your body and movement and natural movement and how your body perhaps should be moving versus how it is moving. And the fact that, you know, our our bodies are something that we take for granted. And we oftentimes, will, we sit in a chair, we sit at a desk, we sit at the table. We're always sitting and looking over devices or looking at a computer screen or, or whatever. And this is a whole other rabbit hole that you can, you can go down with, with, with your body and, and movement and things like that, which is why I would highly um, recommend listening to the Move Your DNA podcast. But the other thing, though, that I just wanted to point out was these girls weren't sitting at a table. They weren't sitting at a desk. They weren't sitting, um, you know, in a classroom. They were in nature. They were in the sun. They were in the wind. They were in the, you know, in nature. They were surrounded by trees and shrubbery. And while granted, they weren't playing in the grass, which was the only downside that this was on um, like a concrete patio. There were certainly opportunities to do that if they wanted to. I know in the past I've seen them out there with bubbles and things like that over in the, in the lawn, even though they weren't doing that today. So one of the things that just really struck me was this is the way it should be. Like this is how kids learn. They learn with this free play. They learn with this, with this sense of wonder and the self-direction and the self-control of what they're going to do next and you know, when I spray the water, it does this. When I draw the picture with chalk, it looks like this. And when I spray it, here's the consequences and it disappears. I mean, these are all very simple things to adults and we don't even think about them. But for young children, these are all things that are making their little brain tick. Like they are learning from all those experiences. I know in the last few years, there's been a big movement about, you know, getting outside, getting in nature, making sure that kids are not just being holed up in their houses or their rooms with devices and things like that, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And young children is exactly when we need to be instilling these, these habits of outdoor play and making it just something natural and part of our lives, not something special or assigned or scheduled. It should just be something that is just done automatically. And if they can start doing that very young and become used to that and value that, then I think it's easier to stick with them as they get older. And perhaps they might be a little less likely to be inclined to spend so much time on devices later on. Uh, that might be hopeful thinking, but I'm going to hang on to it anyway. I know I've heard from people that assume that it's expensive to homeschool. It's expensive to homeschool preschool or any grade. And that's just not true, which again, that's a whole other topic that we can talk about how to save money with homeschooling. But especially with preschool and the younger years, I am bombarded with questions all year round, but especially in the summer and in the fall about what's the best curriculum for preschool? What's the best curriculum for kindergarten? And it just makes me cringe. And even though I understand where it's coming from, I understand that people that are just starting out, that's ingrained in them, that they think they need a step-by-step -step manual on how to do it. I totally get it. 
it still just makes me cringe because I just want to, you know, shout that, no, you don't need any curriculum. You don't need a program for your preschoolers and your kindergartners to learn. Like they should be learning organically, naturally. They should be learning just with daily life, with chores and basic things that you do all the time. You can add in counting and letters and fine motor skills and gross motor skills, and you can be teaching them all those things that don't need any kind of program or curriculum to do. I've said this before. You are your child's first teacher. You are your child's first teacher. And we forget that. Whenever I say that to people, they kind of look at me like, wow, like that's an interesting idea. But at some point, when they hit a certain age, two or three, they forget that they've already taught them all of those things. They've taught them about getting dressed and walking and playing and, and language skills and all these things. But then they come to this point where they automatically assume that a teacher role must take over teaching. And that's not true. I get it. I get why people think that because of our culture and our society and how it operates. But I really want people to break free of that, to see that this play with, with just simple resources and being outside and using what's around you and, you know, counting and sorting leaves or counting and sorting rocks or, you know, writing letters in the sand or in the dirt or any of those kinds of things are just as important and just as much of a teaching method as anything that they would get in a classroom with a quote credentialed teacher. So what I'm trying to get across is that you don't need a lot of fancy toys. You don't need the all the bells and whistles and the electronics and all this stuff and the iPads and the apps. Sure, those things are are great supplements sometimes, but we start to rely on them too much. I've done it myself. We have to remember to go back to the basics because that really is all we need. And the further we get away from it, the more complex we make it seem. And we make it harder than it really is because we think we need the programs and we need the complex tools or resources or applications or whatever it might be. But we really don't need all of those resources. They're, they're nice when we can use them. But a lot of times, like I said, they just make it messier sometimes. And if we can remember to go back to really the foundation pieces and where we started and what we really need on any given day for any given lesson, I think everyone will be a little bit less stressed a little bit happier, a little bit laid back, more laid back. I do want to throw a little caution in here as far as when I mentioned about the, my Instagram feeds or even, you know, the Facebook feeds or Pinterest or any of those kinds of things. There are some absolutely beautiful, fabulous uh, pages out there with some beautiful ideas and like activities or crafts or different learning tools Absolutely. There are some just really incredible resources out there, but don't compare yourself to them. 
so many of these uh, boards are they are curated like it's a business like they're doing it as a business to sell something or offer a service or whatever it might be which is great i'm not i'm not knocking that at all i'm i will even list some of them in the show notes because they're so valuable but don't compare yourself and think that you have to be this perfect homeschool picture that you see on Instagram because you absolutely don't. I use those for ideas. I use them for inspiration. I use them on days where I'm kind of feeling, you know, oh, we didn't really do much today. And so I look at some of these pictures and I'm thinking, wow, that's really great. That gives me some ideas of how we can go and, you know, collect some natural materials outside and come in and bring them in for a nature table and look up a few, you know, leaves in our tree book. You know, they're ideas, they're inspiration, but don't get caught up in comparing yourself to them and certainly don't get caught up in having to kind of recreate what they have created and feel bad when you aren't able to duplicate that. Please don't do that. We need to keep it real. We need to support each other. And we absolutely do not need to make ourselves feel bad because we don't compare in some way to this perfect homeschool ideal we have in our head. So ultimately, in this episode, I really just wanted to give you a glimpse of something that I saw that was simple but profound. That is what we have to remember. It's just a good reminder that teaching our children at home, while it certainly is important, it can really honestly be fairly simple if we let it, especially for the younger years. Obviously, as we, our kids get older and we dive into more complex issues, sure, it becomes a little bit more uh, difficult and challenging sometimes, depending on what the topic is. But when they're little, when they're toddlers and preschoolers and kindergarten, enjoy it. I, I miss it. I miss it so much. My youngest one is nine years old. And I missed just those days of being able to just go on a walk and point things out and really just read so many books aloud and point things out and just everything was new and fresh and interesting to her. And I miss those days. But honestly, I really have kind of gone back to that and tried to get in weekly out, you know, weekly play dates outside at parks or walk on the trails or make sure that we're even in our front yard looking for roly polies, looking for snails, looking for spider webs, things like that. You could, no matter how old they are, you can still do those kinds of things. But again, just remember not to compare yourself to anyone else. Remember not to think that everything has to be laid out for you. It doesn't have to be a structured program. It doesn't have to be a fancy resource or tool or experiment kit or things like that. You can really get away with using very, very simple household things that you already have and have your kids engage in so much play and so much fun with those simple things. So thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it and got a few ideas or a few motivational tips. I want to encourage you to check me out on Instagram at Latte Books to Read. And I hope that you'll check me out on Facebook where I post different links, different topics that come up throughout the week. 
And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.